You're listening to the Boston Greeks podcast with Adi and Flucky. They've been bringing Greek culture online since 1998, and now they're bringing you the best Greek guests Boston has to offer. So grab your kafedaki and join us. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. I'm Ari. Uh, with me, as always, is Flucky, and we have a very, very special guest today, a restaurateur extraordinaire, I want to say. I have lots and lots of questions, so I want to really jump into this. But before we get to it, let me introduce Poti Stamos. Hi, Poti. How are you? Yes, sorry. I'm doing very well and as excited as always. Um, we just continue to keep pounding the pavement with great guests on our podcast. And with us, a good friend, but also, in my opinion, a very uh, hardworking, creative restaurant entrepreneur. Let's bring our guest and we'll get to know a little bit more about him, Spiro Papadopoulos. Spiros, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the program. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Uh, you know, Spiro, it's very classic that a lot of our guests locally and also nationally um, have grown up in the restaurant industry by default, but also, <laughs> but also have, you know, over the years, and myself included, I'm sure Ari included, You know, our parents wanted to make sure that we went to school so that we wouldn't be in the restaurant industry to, you know, to pursue careers. But for some reason, we always circle back and we, you know, we do uh, what we know best. And it seems that the hospitality industry is where we do well amongst other uh, industries as well. But this is something that I think is um, important to understand that we persevere in anything we do, but also at the same token today, there's a lot of interesting individuals who are Greek that are running amazing concepts, including yourself. So Spiro, before we get going, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how the journey began for you? Sure. Um, so I I've grew up in New England. Um, so up until my, my parents lived in Lowell, moved to, um, moved to Palm, New Hampshire when we, my, me and my sister were born. Grew up there until about second grade and came to Andover. During that whole time, my dad was working at digital equipment, but he always had a restaurant or some something on the side, a pizzeria, a restaurant, <laughs> a sandwich shop. He always had something like that going. So, you know, during my really young years, I spent I did spend some time with him there, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he kind of moved moved into his full-time career for a little while until about freshman year in high school when I was at Andover High. Um, he opened a restaurant called Pasta Villaggio in downtown Andover. And um, that was my real first indoctrination into the industry. I was, you know, it was a family business and I was working, <laughs> you know, like there, whatever needed to get done, I was doing. Um, so, you know, I grew up, I grew up in New England. Um, Andover was you know, most of my years and working at that restaurant in Andover was my real first taste and understanding as a semi-adult about what it meant. Well, now, did you did you know at that point that this was something for you in the future? Or did you just think, you know, this is my dad's place and I got to do what I got to do? Was it one of those things? Yeah, so, you know, it's interesting because, you know, what Foti said is really the truth. My parents didn't want me to get into the restaurant business. I think, you know, um, it's a it takes a... Uh, it's a grind. It takes a, a toll on you personally if you allow it to. It can take a toll on your relationships, which um, is something that I think a lot of people in this business struggle with as well. Um, so they didn't want me to. You know, I was a good student. I ended up going to Boston College. My 
you know, my parents were pushing me to do things outside the outside the industry. So I wouldn't say I knew at that time. Um, but clearly there were things about it that kind of got ingrained in me at that time that led me down this path. So, you know, you mentioned earlier in our conversation, you know, we, uh, double life. And I think we all live that <laughs> double life in school where we were studying uh, to pursue <clears throat> um, our studies for a specific career while weekends at the family restaurant, holidays, yep. nights, uh, somebody calls out and you got to go fill in their spot. So, yeah, you know, and it takes a toll. And I, and, but I think that it also builds some stamina and some stability and some thick skin to actually take on bigger endeavors. Yeah. I think for me, I, I had a, I've always had a, like an independent spirit where I figured that, you know, I can figure out how to take care of myself and uh, the restaurant business gave me the opportunity to not rely on someone else to, you know, get me a promotion or figure out how to move through something and, or feel like I was being held back by anything other than myself. So I definitely embraced it for that reason as well. That makes sense. Nice. So you, you started with the family business in Andover. And mm-hmm. from that point on, uh, you grew out of Andover. Can you, take, can you walk us yeah. through that, that, that timeline? Yeah. So like I said, I, I, I went to Boston College um, and, you know, lived in the city. I would come back on Thursdays to bartend and make some cash for college and then, uh, you know, go back to school. Um, after college, I moved to, uh, Manhattan. So, um, I have a extended family there. My cousin, Paul, um, and his dad had built quite a, a little bit of a hospitality empire in Manhattan. Um, so I ended up, you know, sleeping on his couch and, and working on building a bakery on 86th street. And as soon as the bakery opened, I decided that I didn't want to be in the bakery business because, you know, bakers were calling me at 3 a.m. telling me they weren't coming in and oh, it just wasn't my jam. So my <laughs> my uncle, who had kind of backed me, <laughs> was very gracious and, and allowed me to, you know, hit the reset button on that. Um, and from there, um, you know, he had 35 plus food establishments in New York City. Wow. Um, so at any given time, there were a couple that weren't doing so good because of management or whatever reason. So I kind of was like the cleaner at a, to a certain extent. And, you know, there was a restaurant on uh, 58th between 6th and 7th that, you know, was in a building he had control over and hadn't paid rent in a while and they hadn't made any money in a while, et cetera. And he basically said, take the restaurant over. Uh, you can have 20% of anything it makes. And, you know, so basically I did that and made it my home base. Um, and from there, um, once that was going well, I ended up having the opportunity to take over another struggling place. This one was called the Times Square Deli on 43rd and Broadway and um, did that there as well. And there was a little like ice cream. It's weird, but it was an ice cream bagel shop that <laughs> was in a similar state. So I got, you know, it's at one point, you know, my uh mid 20s i had those three places that i was kind of overseeing um you know having a lot of fun in new york city uh making good money saving money um and you know at a a certain point i had to decide okay i'm not going to be a new yorker now and i'm going to stay here forever or it's time for me to go back to the boston area Mm -hmm. um so you know early 2000s 2004 2005 i i 
ended up getting out of New York and coming back and opening up Evenfall in the in Bradford by the north end of our line, basically. Um, so that was a whole new experience and 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 kind of unfolded with um, you know a lot of good things in my life. I met my wife there, and um, you know, kind of really felt like I was on my own, my own for the first time with my own restaurant and business and you know my parents weren't involved and my uh family like i had in new york wasn't involved um so there were some ups and downs definitely there were some times where during the financial crisis it was very stressful and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how how we were going to like reinvent ourselves and, and survive but you know all those struggles um really were the most valuable things that ever happened because they they teach you how to handle um tough mm-hmm. times you know yeah. and and the the restaurant business isn't always the same it's up and down and there's seemingly these days it's like one crisis to another yeah. um but but you know if you've gone through that trials and tribulations and you know like i i always tell people like you know when you're when you do this there's nobody to turn to and hand a problem off to like everybody's handing them to you and you, you, you've got to handle it. So it's a much different feeling, you know, like you, you have to look inside yourself and say, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to deal with it. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to, you know, act irrationally or, or pretend, or maybe even bury my head and pretend like there isn't a problem until it's something I can't solve. So yeah, I've worked through that. And then my, you know, unfortunately my dad passed away um really kind of suddenly and um the restaurant in andover was sitting there you know we had you know i was an owner of it but i my sister and my dad had kind of taken care of that so uh 2012 i I ended up getting married and taking over andover moving on from haverhill because it was a building that we had leased and we were close to the end of the lease there and i was doing andover so um we you know took that over and uh, about three years later, opened Sauce in one end of the building, which is a burger and wings place. And um, and then seven years ago, opened up 15 Essex, which is a cocktail bar in downtown Andover as well. Um, so the latest thing that's happened um, is a partnership with uh, SRG, where I'm the CEO now. Um, we opened a, a Sauce at TV Garden. Oh, wow. So in the, in the hub hall in TV Garden. So. That's kind of like where we're at today and a little bit of a walkthrough. Yeah. How it all yeah. That, that, I mean, that, that's super impressive. Uh, you know, listening to all this is, is it, you know, you being in New York as a young, you know, 20 something and then coming back and, and then making a family all while in the restaurant industry is pretty impressive. It takes a special breed to do well, what Ari, you do. What, what, what amazes me even more is if you listen to Spiro is that, with all the struggles, the majority of operators would, would just throw in the towel and hang it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. from what Spiro is mentioning is uh, it actually um, provided more fuel to continue and continue to open up new concepts, um, which I'd like to discuss, which is going to lead up to the new concept that you just opened up. Because mm-hmm. being that you're Greek uh, mm-hmm. and that Greek is still hot as far as restaurant concepts, and they're mainly in the metro areas of the different states, you know, it's great to see what you're doing now outside of Boston, which is refreshing mm-hmm. for us that live in the outskirts. Um, let's talk about this new concept that just uh, developed. 
Cool, yeah. So um, for about 12 years, we had been operating a, a restaurant called Andalini's, which is a, a really popular Italian restaurant in downtown Andover. We, you know, in the middle of the pandemic, weren't allowed to use inside. We had, you know, like I said, we'd been there for 12 years. So, you know, busy restaurants get worn down a little bit. Surfaces get beat up, you know, floors need to be refinished, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's hard to it's hard to do it when you're fully open because if you're busy, you're making money. And why would you stop doing that to you know, do something else. So it, it's just a hard thing to do. Um, but the pandemic kind of, you know, trying to make something good out of it, I guess, it gave me an opportunity to do a, a aggressive remodel of the building that would never be possible while it was open, you know, taking down ceilings and, and you know, making significant changes, putting up, you know, all, all new walls and kind of stuff that, that you just wouldn't do when it was open. Right. And so, you know, I actually didn't start off at the beginning of the, of thinking of the renovation of doing a Greek restaurant, although it's something I really always wanted to do. Um, but then as like the renovation got more uh, aggressive or um, ambitious, I should say, um, it didn't make sense to me to make that kind of investment um, of time, effort and money um and keep the same concept i thought hey this is the perfect opportunity to do something new you know and we've done that with opening sauce and 15 essex but the main restaurant was like always andalini so it i guess you know just like anything else in life you want to do something new as well um but you know uh my my you know it's kind of a a little bit of a nod of tip of the cap to my dad um Mm. He, um, you know, he was a fiercely proud Greek. Um, he was, you know, he was born there. He came here. He was a fiercely proud American too. Um, he came, <clears throat> he came here seven years old during World War II. Um, but you know, there was definitely a part of him that was always in Greece, and um, you know, he instilled that pride in me. So this kind of is like a little bit of a living out that, you know. So right, right, a tribute. Yeah. Cool. Uh, uh, Could I, I jump in and just say a very quick true story that happened just right before we started this uh, interview? Okay. Uh, Foti constantly sends me uh, links to like different Greek restaurants, uh, different Greek menus. Whatever catches his eye, he'll usually send it to me and ask me what I think of it. So he sent me a link to a Greek restaurant, and I uh, literally about you know an hour ago, and mm -hmm. I opened it and. In my head, I'm just like, yeah, this is just something he saw that caught his eye. So I'm looking through it, and I'm like, wow, Fati, this one, this is a good one. This looks so good. Uh, and then I'm trying to find the, the location, and then I noticed um, the address. And I was like, wait, is this, is this the guy we're going to interview right now? So the true story is that without even knowing, I, I looked at your website uh, for your restaurant, and I was blown away. So I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Oh, cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're trying to, um, we're trying to, um, you know, honor the Greek cuisine that we're cooking and serving to people. And we're also trying to, um, you know, not make it a carving copy of the trip tip of a typical Greek American restaurant, I would say. Yeah. Um, and the building itself to, to, isn't really suited to be like a Greek islands, white fish restaurant as much <laughs> as it is kind of a taverna feel in the building itself. Um, so, 
you know, I'm trying to, I guess, you know, I think people always talk about authentic and it's interesting um, what authentic really is. And um, I would be, you know, straight up lying to myself and to everybody else if I was going to tell you that this is a restaurant that you'd find in Greece or uh, an exact authentic restaurant. But what it really is, is it's authentic to me. Um, you know, I'm Greek American and um, there's parts of it that, you know, we, we want to, we want to be an ambassador for Greek food and ingredients to our community. And, and that means that we need to respect Greece, but we also need to respect our community and, mm -hmm. and put a restaurant together that can be a bridge to the Greek culture for people who live here who don't really understand it or have that experience in their life yet. Um, so that's kind of what Doxy is trying to be. Um, it's trying to serve our, our, our community and, um, you know, be a bridge to Greek culture and Greek food and flavors and ideas. Um, and so it's authentic to me in that way, you know, yeah, if I, if I can, but, I, but I mean, fuck back me up on this or actually I'm going to hand it over to you, but I'm going to say, I have, I'm a Greek American. I've spent practically my whole upbringing and, and adult life going to Greece I've been all over the country here. I've eaten at Greek restaurants far and wide. Um, and I could see in your menu, I see exactly what you're talking about. But I also see, like, that as a Greek, uh, I see such attraction to that, that, that Greek essence that you have there. I mean, Fati, mm -hmm. do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, it's all about your inter you as the creator. It's your expression and interpretation of the cuisine and what's more important that you mentioned is the base of ingredients the greek ingredients that can be applied to very flavorful dishes that are clean um, but also have good balance so <clears throat> i i completely agree with you spirit about the fact that you know you also have to keep in mind your audience or your you know your, your guests that are going to be actually mm -hmm. dining at your restaurant um, there's always this debate about what's authentic and you're, you're right. Because even in Greece, what's authentic cuisines are, are so diverse and different from village to village that there's no real one way to make things. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I'd add, I'd, what I would add to that is that cuisines are everything you said, and they're also very personal, mm -hmm. you know, yes. uh, your Yeah. People's moms cook things different ways and, and, you know, they're personal for that reason. They're also personal because you consume it, you know, right. where, where you eat it. <laughs> so, you know, to sell, to, to be arrogant enough to tell people what they should want to eat and put in their body a hundred percent is, you know, that's not my style. So I, I think that, um, you know, like I said, a bridge and, and, a uh, an opportunity to experience it, a Greek restaurant and Greek dishes and idea and culinary ideas that people haven't experienced before is like a great place to be, you know, right. and it's, um, I, you know, I hope that we, we set out every day to do a good job of doing that. And I hope that, you know, we fulfill that mission as Doxy kind oh. of matures and, and becomes a fixture here. Well, you've got, you've got me sold, so you're definitely going to be coming to visit very shortly. And I'll say and this about Foti. Like, I know Foti for 20-plus years. We've eaten together countless <laughs> times. He is not an easy person. Like, 
I've seen him pass up food a million times, even when hungry. So, so he's like, he's a, he's a pick eater. If Foti eats and enjoys something, I am behind it a hundred percent because I know if it passes his test, it's good. Cheers to that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but Spiro, so, so for our audience, um, the restaurant is Daxi Cafenio Estiatorio Bar. And is there maybe some things you can mention to our, to our audience they can find on the menu? Maybe we could talk a little bit about your beverage program uh, just to give some insight and a preview of what people can come um, to experience. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, this is an, it's an easy, a hard question for me because I always, um, you know, we spent so much time working on the menu and I, I fell in love with a lot of the dishes that are on there. But, um, you know, a couple of highlights for me that I think, you know, are a little done a little bit differently than um, you might find elsewhere kind of things um, The in the, you know, appetizers. There's a, a dish called shrimp saganaki. It's um, it's really a beautiful dish and um, interesting, like combination of flavors that um, you know it brings some creativity. I think into a, a more traditional dish. Mm-hmm. Um, so they the the chef adds a little bit of um, chili in there, which may not be found in a super traditional mm-hmm. version of, of the dish, but I think it really like. I can see that working. And he, um, there's a, a simple part of it that is like almost addictive is, um, so he, he bakes some bread every day, um, and then cuts it into cubes, soaks it in olive oil and then pan fries it. And that's what the shrimp saganaki is put on top of. And those like, you could call them croutons, I guess those big chunks of bread are like ridiculously delicious. (laughs) Um, and so, we, I, I would definitely encourage people to get that. I don't think it's the first thing that people get. Um, I think, you know, the octopus and the, the Greek meatballs, the, mm-hmm. the and there's a, there's a series of other things on there that people try first. So I just try to get people to like get out of their comfort zone a little bit and try something else. So I would say that, um, a dish that I like on the entree side that I'm, I'm personally addicted to right now is, um, a braised lamb with a, with farro that's tossed with some like wild greens and, mm-hmm. and tomato and um, the braise that, so he, he braises the leg of lamb and then takes, you know, takes it off the bone and breaks it into pieces, puts it into a, a, a hotel pan um, and then puts another hotel pan on, on top of it, weighs it, chills it, and then cuts it into a perfect rectangle. So the presentation, the actual food is very rustic, but the presentation is like much more elevated than that. And, um, Mm. you know, I'm just dying to eat it every time I'm there. (laughs) I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, I think I'm going to get the lamb again. I can't stop getting it. I'm taking notes of what I'm going to order. Yeah. So so I think, you know, I think that's an interesting, um, those are two dishes that I think, you know, I'd be very confident that just about anyone would get and be very happy with it, regardless of, of their personal taste. Um, and then, you know, like I said, it's very personal. So I think, you know, reading the menu and deciding how to navigate it is something that we always encourage people to do. Um, the uh, As far as the beverage program goes, um, 
we have a pretty concentrated uh, Greek wine list right now, which I definitely um, want to continue to add to as time goes on. Um, I'm getting a flavor for what the community is into and trying to add more in that direction sure. as we go forward. Um, and then cocktail wise, you know, we have um, in the building, we have, you know, um, it might sound a little uh, boastful, but we have some of the best bartenders in the, the area. They've uh, been with me for seven, eight, nine years, and they're really into what they do. Um, when I opened up the cocktail bar, 15 Essex, I wrote the first menu, went through how to make all the drinks with them, did all that kind of stuff. And then over time, it's gotten to the point now where I haven't made up a drink for 15 Essex in forever. They're like consistently pushing the envelope and getting better. So yeah. I definitely ask them to get involved in some of the, the Greek cocktails and using, uh, you know, Greek ingredients, Greek um, ideas, sure. et cetera. Um, so that it, it fits with the cuisine and the concept and all that stuff. But um, you know, we're, we're, I, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like, so drinks are also personal and, and people want to drink, you know, people want to have what they have everywhere, wherever they go kind of thing. Right. I drink this pretty much. So getting people to, you know, to venture out and try something new, it doesn't always work. Um, but we're, we're, we're seeing a really good uptake on um, a handful of our Greek cocktails. So we have a, um, we have one that has uh, like Mountain Tea and vodka and uh, blood or- uh, blood orange juice in it, and um, that one has. I don't think it's that challenging, but it's also nice to see people ordering it instead mm-hmm. of just getting you know vodka soda if that's what they drink. Well, yeah, um, so that one's doing really well. Um, we have uh, our Greek version of a um, espresso martini where we basically make a, a traditional frappe and then, oh. um, you know, put in uh, the espresso liqueur and um, uh, vodka to it, basically. And, and then but the sh- shaking it. So then the foam is foam from the frappe is put on top of it. Oh. Um, that one packs a punch like both the coffee and the booze aspect of it together is like, it's pretty intense. And even people who drink espresso martinis are, are saying like, wow, like that really, that's strong, you know? And so I think it's interesting to see like if, if people go back and get another one, but we're, we're having, we're seeing itself quite a bit. So I think it's kind of catching on. Um, and uh, yeah. So I mean, it's a little bit about what we're doing. All of that sounds amazing. Fati, what do you think? Uh, I mean, this, so, you know, Ari, I, you know, I, oh, I, you, I can't wait for before, you to come. Before we move on, did you, did you guys ever have the, um, the local Uzo from Short Path? Yes. Yeah. So we have that on our shelf and it's, that's selling well too. I like, you know, never knew if somebody was going to want to try a local Uzo. And say, right, it right. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's amazing to see someone actually who's not Greek making really well-made ouzo which is yeah yeah short path i mean i didn't know i have to maybe i should plead the ignorance i didn't know it existed before we were working on like beverage program for right um oxy and the salesperson brought it by and i was like obviously we're buying it (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome do you uh spirit do you now that you mentioned ouzo 
Uh, do you also feature um, some of the other spirits like Tsipuro, Raki, um, Mastika? Yeah, so so Tsipuro and Mastika, yes. Um, we haven't really unlocked the um, sales part of that yet. We're stocking it. Um, it's okay. not really going, moving so much. We're, we're trying a couple of new cocktails this week and um, kind of mess around with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, we have it awesome. and, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see like how we, like we were talking about earlier, like bridging the gap right. from, from American palate to Greek palate and trying to, um, sure. trying to make it work basically. So, right. and uh, one, of my, one of my last questions, Spiro, how about Greek desserts? Yeah. So, um, you know, they're a little bit creative, I think. So okay, that's good. the most popular one is uh, a baklava cheesecake. Ooh. So <laughs> basically they make like a, a really thin baklava, uh, a couple layers, and then they put the cheesecake on top of it and then phyllo on top of the cheesecake. So when you cut through it, you'll have like phyllo, uh, a pretty thick piece of cheesecake, and then uh, like the crust of the cheesecake is basically like two layers of baklava. Brilliant. Uh, really good. Yeah. So that one is um, is one that I would point to, I guess, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so and, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all sound, it sounds so good. Like I said, uh, without knowing what I was looking at, uh, I was like, wow, this oh, this looks really good. And then I realized it was your restaurant yeah. doxy uh what's the web address so people could uh doxygreek.com d-a-x-i greek.com and any meaning behind the word doxy no i mean it's endoxy doxy i was gonna say you know, is it endoxy something off of that all yeah. is well yeah all's well i like it. um you know I, I i might be taking a liberty but it's almost like all's well no worries like you know oh, that's, I, I love um, that for the guest cool. yes yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think uh, I wanted something that was short, easily mm-hmm. pronounceable by, mm-hmm. you know, Americans, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it came, I think, I want to give credit where credit's due here, because I was talking about this with my family and the ideas of names and, um, you know, I thought of Ella, though, like I, I, mm-hmm. I almost called it that. And my sister kind of was like, I don't know. And and she came up with Doxy as, as one of the suggestions. So I want to give her credit where credit's due. <laughs> um, but yeah, it works for me. Yeah, I like it. I like the whole sound of it. And like you said, you have to always have that kind of uh, marketing mind as well. You know, is it easily pronounceable? Are people going to be turned off by it? Uh, you know, it's yeah. all that. And that it, it's a nice, simple, short, pronounceable, but yet, uh, foreign sounding name, which I think works and, on all levels. And for those that, that are listening now, Spiro, I'm sure we're going to have this all information in the notes of the podcast, but um, as far as you're, you're open, how many days a week? So for the rest of the summer, we're going to stick with our opening schedule, which is um, Wednesday through Sunday um, mm-hmm. for dinner. And we're doing a, um, <clears throat> we're doing a Sunday brunch on Sunday. So we open at 11 a.m. On Sunday, we open at 5 p.m. every other day. Okay. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Excellent. Well, now, 
in the fall we'll, we'll add Tuesday uh, night and just be just be closed on Monday and we'll do a Saturday brunch as well. So we'll do Saturday Sunday brunch and then dinner Tuesday through Sunday night. That sounds so good. Um, there you have it, Ari. I mean, well now now reasons okay. to actually shoot over to Andover because of I was going to say uh, a more of a reason for me to get back up to Boston and B, once I'm there, shoot up to your area so we could uh, check this amazing, fantastic place out. Uh, I want to say very quickly to everybody watching and listening, we want to thank, um, we want to thank Speedo for his time. You know, he's a busy guy. Uh, thank you so much, Speedo, for taking the time to be with us. Um, Foti, as always, thank you for, for hosting and, and finding these amazing um, guests for us. And uh, anything you want to end off with? I just want to uh, thank Spiro for his time as well. Um, this won't be the, the only time that we'll have you on our podcast. We'd love to uh, bring you back on uh, at some later point with, I'm sure you've always got something going on with exciting mm-hmm. news, but Spiro, thank you so much. We're definitely going to come up and visit you and try the restaurant out. Um, maybe we might be there too many times. So forgive us if we take up too many seats at the bar. <laughs> Impossible. Well, <laughs> thanks you guys for, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on and, and thanks for what you do for the Greek community and uh, for giving people like me an opportunity to have a chance to get the word out about something we're doing. So we really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Our awesome. pleasure. Always. All right. That's it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for watching and listening. All of Speedo's information, restaurant, everything else will be in the notes. Thank you for watching and listening again and check out his restaurant. It is if, if anything, just look at the website, look at the pictures, look at those recipes, uh, look at those ingredients and you're, you'll be sold like we are. Thanks everybody out there. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.